This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, you can make your way to your seats. We're going to have a great time this evening. Um, I've asked Miss Desiree to deliver the word to us tonight. Amen. Because she's always, she may be, she may be short, guys, but don't let that fool you. What do they say? Dynamite comes in little packages. So, I mean, she may be small, but don't, she, there's some dynamite there. So look out. So let's go ahead. You all know her. You all love her. She's one of our own. Let's welcome Miss Desiree to the pulpit tonight. Amen. She's going to deliver it. Hallelujah. Go for it. Hey, man, I'm excited to be here tonight. Are you guys excited? That was really bad. Can we try that again? Are you really excited? That's better. You know, football season is coming up. So if I come to your house and watch you guys watch a football game and you cheer louder at a football game than you cheer for Jesus, I'm going to kick your butt. Just saying. In love, yes. I'm super excited um, to be here tonight. It is an honor to be able to deliver God's word. Um, it is an honor to be in God's house. And it is an honor that I am God's vessel. And he chose to use me tonight. Um, as I was praying and asking the Lord what I should talk about tonight, um, Pastor Dave's sermon this morning kind of kicked me in the butt because I was trying to go a different way. And, you know, when you try to fight the Lord, you never win. So I had one subject on my heart that I wanted to talk about, and then the Lord pulled me in a different direction. Um, I wanted to talk about just the love walk, period. And then the Lord said, no, I want you to talk about the God kind of love and what he expects from us when we're loving one another. So my title tonight is The God Kind of Love. And we all look at the word love different. You know, some some of us, we need people to show us that they love us. We need them to do things for us. We need them to constantly sit there and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. We need to constantly, you know, be shown that affection. Um, some of us, you know, we know that people love us and they don't really show it or say it, but we, we kind of know that they do. And um, on behalf of Pastor Dave, I kind of went on the Internet and I wanted to see what kids said about love because, you know, I spend a lot of my time when I don't get to teach up here. I'm teaching the little children. And, you know, kids say some things, you know. It could really hurt sometimes. They say some stuff. So, anyways, I went on the Internet and I looked up some things that kids said about what they thought love meant. So this child is four years old, and this is what this child said love was. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. This is love. Yeah, you know, you get rid of your old stuff and and you hand it down, you know. I feel like this sister kind of got the best end of it because she gets to go get the new clothes. But, you know, this four-year-old thinks that her sister really loves her because, you know, she's giving her all her old clothes. You know, so so that's really nice. Um, an eight-year-old says, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis, too. That's love. You know, some, some people don't like to touch feet, so I, I guess that's love, you know. And... For a man to paint toenails, like, I really think that's love. That, that's super amazing, you know, because what man likes to bring out the nail polish and do that? I mean, I could see Pastor Dave doing that. I think Pastor Dave would do that for Katie. <laughs> and I think Austin would do that for Katie, you know. And where is Betty? Betty's husband would definitely paint her toenails. He would do anything for her. That's love. Um, this is a six-year-old. This six-year-old says, love is like a little old woman. And a little old man who are still friends after they know each other so well. That's kind of cool. I like that one because, you know, when I get old, I hope my husband still loves me because he knows me so well, you know. So thank you, Jesus. Um, and this one is really cute. This is a five-year-old saying this. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Now, wives, come on. We know we want to keep that best piece of chicken. You know, we really want to eat it. When we cooked it in the kitchen, we were thinking this piece of chicken is going to be ours. 
But because we love our husbands, you know, we give them the best piece of chicken. My husband um, would always joke with me that if I loved him, I would give him my last bite of something, which kind of made me angry sometimes because I wanted my last bite. But I wanted him to see that I loved him, so I would give him my last bite of stuff to prove to him, you know, that I loved him. So, anyways, that was just a little side note to get us started on, you know, what people and how people see love. I mean, because even children, you know, those are children's stories, and that's how they see that people um, give love. And I want, before I start, I really want you guys to think way back for some of you and some of you not too back. Um, but I want you to think about before you found Jesus and all the silly things you did. Because I know if I did silly things, you guys probably did silly things too before you knew Jesus. And I want you guys just to think about that for a second. And I want you guys to think about, you know, maybe how long or, or how fast you came to the Lord. You know, how many mistakes did you make time and time again? How many times was the Lord standing there at the door and knocking and we were ignoring it? You know, and God didn't give up. He kept knocking, and he stood there patiently, and he was knocking. And he said, you know what? One day Desiree is going to come to me. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to be patient. I know she's being really silly right now. I know she's acting up. I know she's not listening to me. I know she's in the world. I know she's doing all her own stuff. But I'm going to stand here faithfully, and I'm going to keep knocking. And I'm going to keep knocking. And see, that's the difference between worldly love and God's love is that God's love never gives up, and it never fails. You know, and if God gave up on us, where would we be today? If God was like, you know, oh, that Austin, you know, I'm done. I'm done. He just doesn't listen, you know. He just, ugh, what am I going to do with him? He just, he, he just doesn't listen. I'm done. I'm going to go over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try this person now. You know, where would we be? We wouldn't be in this church service right now, that's for sure. We wouldn't be saved. We wouldn't have all the blessings that we have in life because God would have gave up on us, you know. But thank God that he didn't give up on us. And thank God that his love is inside of us because it's our job as Christians to now take that love and go share it with others. And let me tell you guys, the love walk is not easy for me. It's hard. For those of you that don't know, I grew up very, very, very hatred, you know, like I, I grew up in a thuggish lifestyle, for those of you that can understand that kind of talk, you know, and hatred and anger was something, you know, you didn't mess with me because I was going to beat you up, you know, and you looked at me the wrong way and we we're going to go in the alley and we we're going to have some words, you know, like it was not easy for me to love people. I didn't like people. I didn't even like myself. So when we talk about the word love, it was really, really hard for me to get a hold of this. And I still struggle with it, guys. I haven't perfected it, but I work on it every single day. And I've got to look at people, and we have to look at people and say, God, I really don't like that person, but you like that person. So show me what it is that you see in them so that I I can just be nice to them, you know, because it's hard. It's the hardest thing. And, you know, I honestly think if it was easy, God wouldn't ask us to do it. So, anyways, we're going to talk about that tonight. Okay, guys? Okay. Sorry. I'm running ahead of my notes. So, we're going to talk about um, the God kind of love. And for Pastor Dave, I, I was really good, and I kept the three points. You know, that's Pastor Dave's favorite way of, of preaching is get to the point, get to the three points. You know, so I, I was obedient. And my first point is, what is the God kind of love? You know, we know what our kind of love is. We know that it's showing things. And, you know, um, every once in a while on Valentine's Day, we get flowers to show that our husband loves us. Or, you know, every once in a while, they'll do something nice for us. Or our kids will bring us a card that says, you're the greatest mom in the whole wide world. You know, and, and that's how we show our love. But how does God show his love? And you know what the greatest thing is? Is that God left this to give us all of our instructions. And in this, if you actually open it and read it, it talks about love a lot. A lot. And it tells us a lot of different ways that we're supposed to walk in love. And a lot of different ways that Jesus and God shows his love towards us. And we as Christians, we have to walk in love. If we don't walk in love, we miss it. We miss it. And Pastor Dave was talking today about guarding your heart. 
And one of his final points was, don't let bitterness in. If you let bitterness in your heart, you ain't going to love nobody. You ain't going to want to like anybody. You ain't going to want to care about anybody because that bitterness takes root inside of you and it makes you an ugly person. And that's not who God has called you to be. So that's why it's important that we're always walking in love and seeing the best in people because when we don't, that bitterness comes in and that hatred and that, ugh, I don't want to see that person or I'm going to slide under my chair because so-and-so is here at church and I really don't want to talk to that person, you know, and that is the wrong attitude to have. A great pastor once said, that's called stinking thinking, and I don't want to have stinking thinking against people. I want to have the God kind of love for people, okay? So, if you can go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7, and I'm going to be reading from the NLT because I like it better than the King James because it words it better. And I'm trying to be really good because Josh says that I need to get better at letting you guys get there. So I'm going to take a drink of water like Josh does to give you guys time to get there. And when you get there, say amen so I don't rush. If you need me to wait, say wait. And this is one of the greatest chapters. Um, This is called the love chapter. So, I mean, this really breaks it down for us to tell us how to be in love and how to walk in love. So I'm going to talk a lot um, about these verses because they're amazing. So verse 4 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So I kind of just want to look at these verses for a little bit. Bear with me, okay? And I want to talk about what the Lord showed me about these verses, okay? Love is patient and kind, Patience is a hard word. It's a hard word to have patience with somebody. You know, when you have children, it's so hard to have patience. Because you want them to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it because you said so. And it don't work that way with children for you parents because they have a mind of their own. And they will do what they want to do sometimes when they want to do it. Um, Especially with, like, potty training. You know, that's one of the hardest things in a kid's life to ever have to do because, you know, they just don't want to go and you want them to go and they make messes and you've got to clean up after it and you got to keep doing it and you got to keep doing it and you got to keep... And finally, one day the light comes on and they go to the bathroom, you know, or you've got to have patience, you know, with your spouse because, you know, your spouse keeps doing that one thing that just gets on your nerves and you're like, Lord, I told him to quit doing that a hundred times. My husband right now likes to irritate me with his eyebrows because he goes like this and then he messes his whole eyebrows up and you're just like, oh, that doesn't look good. Stop doing that. Um, but, you know, sometimes our spouses will do things that just like, oh, can you quit doing that? You know, and if we don't take it to prayer, you know, and we're not taking it and saying, Lord, please help me to be patient when so-and-so does this or when so-and-so says this or when so-and-so acts a certain way. Sometimes in our job, there's people that, you know, you just want to smack them. You just want to and be like, get over yourself. Can you quit? Can you just quit? It's not that hard to do. Just come on. But the Bible right here tells us that love is patient. So we need to be patient with these people that sometimes don't catch on as quickly as others. And we need to have kind, encouraging words to say to them. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Just smile at them. Amen. The next thing says, love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. Ouch. That one kind of hurts. You know, because... Jealousy is an easy thing that we can get inside of us, especially in today's world. Society makes everything look great, and it it makes money look just amazing. If you have money, it's going to buy away all your problems. 
if you have the nicest TV or the nicest car, you know, then you're really cool. But we're not supposed to be jealous because God provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So if we're jealous, we're not trusting the Lord, nor, nor are we appreciating what God gave us. You know, because God provides for us. I have a roof over my head. I have a car, two cars. I have a church that I can come to. I have a job that pays my paychecks, that gives me money. I have a whole bunch to be grateful for. So if I'm sitting here and like, well, God, there goes Katie Brady again up there, you know, testifying. You know, she's got a financial thing. And how come, Lord, I can never have a financial, you know, anything? And you're, I, every week I hear Katie Brady about financial, financial, financial. That's jealousy, guys. Knock it off. Stop. We should be rejoicing that Katie Brady has those testimonies. You know, we should be rejoicing that God gave somebody a job. We should be rejoicing, you know, that God gave Pastor Dave a brand new nice car, a newer car than what he's had. You know, we should be glad for our brothers and sisters, not sitting there saying, well, I wish I had a new TV or I wish I had this. That's jealousy. Knock it off. That's not okay. God doesn't want us to do that. Nor do we want to be boastful or proud. You know, the Bible says that pride comes before a what? Before I fall. So I don't want to fall. I want to stand tall. So I'm not going to be prideful. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm better than so-and-so. I sit in the front row every Sunday. And that just makes me so much better than everybody else. No, it doesn't. Stop. The Bible says to not be proud and boastful. So don't be sitting here thinking that you're better than somebody because you're not. You're the same as you are. They're going through the same battles that you're going through. They're having life issues just like you're having life issues. So stop thinking that you're better than anybody. That's not loving your neighbor. Knock it off. Um, and love does not demand its own way. You know, we get, you know, sometimes with the Lord, we can be like, Lord, I want it now. I want it now. I need a new job and I need it like yesterday, God. I want it now. Now, 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 now. Well, once again, the Bible tells us that God's plans are bigger than our plans. So if I'm running ahead of God, trying to like make it into my own, God's not blessing it, nor is it God's plan. Now it's my plan, and I'm out of the will of God. And I'm out of the love walk. So that's two strikes. Shame on me. You know, and we can't be that way. We can't sit there and be like, I want it, I want it. You know, like a little kid throwing a tantrum in the grocery store. I want this kind of cereal, Mom. I want it, I want it, I want it. We can't do that to God. Nor can we do that to other people, you know. When we're working with, with fellow people, whether it's at work or it's in the church, we can't sit here and be like, my way. I want it my way. You know, because maybe they got a little more wisdom than you, and maybe that's the gift God's called them in. So we need to stop and listen to the ideas that other people have. Because maybe they do have a better idea. Maybe they do have a better way to go about and do stuff. But if we're sitting here and we're like, my way, my way, my way, you know, and some of us, you know, we have that that thinking where if it's not done my way, it's not the right way. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Because the Bible says that in the body of Christ, he placed everybody to be a certain peace. You know, so if the ear said to the the toe, you know, you're not doing it right. How does the ear know? The ear's not the toe. It doesn't know how to function as the toe, you know. And so when we think and we stop and we want to do things our way, well, maybe God wants to use that person and, you know, wants that person to grow, but we're not sitting there listening. We're not like, okay, God, have your way. Okay, God, let me be quiet. You know, I know that I like things my way, but let me be quiet and let so-and-so walk in their anointing. You know, I work with a lot of people at work, and one of the things that I learned at my job is that I've got to figure out, in order to make my team great, in order to make my team function, whose gift is what, you know. So I sit back and I observe, and, you know, some people I work with um, at the service desk, so, you know, some people are great at customer service. Some people are great on doing the computer stuff. Some people are great on going and organizing my back area and making it look great and putting everything where it needs to go and playing Tetris. 
you know, and yeah, everybody has their own little thing that they're good at, you know, and, and people come up to me sometimes and I'll be like, Desiree, what if we do it this way? Or what do you think about this? Or what are your ideas about this? And sometimes I got to step back and be like, well, what, what do you think about this? You know, how do you think we should do this? How do you feel about this? And you know what? There is an anointing when you stop and you don't try to take control over, it, over everything and you say, okay. You know, what do you think about this? How do you think, how do you think we should do this? There's a teamwork. There's a, a, a team building. And, you know, and that's how God wants us to be. When we're walking in love, we're a team, you know, and there's no I in team, you know. And so we can't sit there and demand our own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. And my wonderful husband reminded me of this not so long ago. And... This is being recorded, Jesse, so you might want to play it over and over again. But you were right, and that's the only time I'm ever going to say it, so you can record it over and over again, okay? Um, but he was right. You know, sometimes we get angry, and when we get in our little quarrels or we get upset with each other, you know, we want to sit there and be like, well, you did this, and you did this. Well, you did this. And remember three years ago when you did this, or five years ago when you did this, or 20 years ago when you called me a name? The thing about God's love is the Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When you confess what you've done to the Lord, he forgets about it. And he doesn't sit there and say, well, remember three weeks ago when you did this. Now, don't take me wrong. That doesn't mean you could keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning. And then going to the Lord and asking him for repentance because it doesn't work that way. But when you go with a repentful heart and you really have that godly sorrow and you're repenting to him and you go to God, he forgets it. And we need to be like that. And that is so hard for us in our flesh to do because we want to throw it up. You know, we want to say, well, what about when you did this? Especially like when they're coming to us to correct us. You know, because you correct through love. When they come to correct, we want to be like, well, what about you? You're not perfect. What's wrong with you? You know, and we want to throw that little sass and that attitude. But God's love does not do that. He does not throw your mistakes up in your face. And we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, none of us have arrived and none of us are perfect. And if we went around beating each other up for every stupid, silly thing that we did, We're tearing each other down. We're not building each other up. And that's not what God does to us. You know, God is so loving, you guys. And I know that I'm preaching in the choir, but God is so loving that he has forgiven every single thing that you've ever done wrong. And that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, if we went into our family's life where they're sinners and they haven't found God yet and we're sitting there and we're constantly, well, you did this and you stole money and you did this and you did this and you did this. That's not going to draw them in. That's not going to cause them to want to come to Jesus. You know, that's not how we bring them in. God didn't bring us in because he sat there and said, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. you're." That's not how we got saved. We got saved because God loved us. And his mercy showed us that there's forgiveness, you know. And so we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that we cannot keep record. You know, there's no, I'm better than you. I did, you know, more good stuff and you did more bad stuff. No, there's there's no record. Um, it does not rejoice about injustice, but when, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. You know, I talked about that earlier. What if Jesus gave up on us? What if God gave up gave up on on us? What if Jesus laid on the cross and said, "Nope, never mind, God. These people are all crazy. I'm getting off this cross. I give up on these people. There's no way I'm dying for them." Where would we be? You know? And when we say that we love people, whether it's people that we work with, whether it's family members, we can't give up on them. You know, we've got to keep praying for them. We've got to keep loving them. We've got to keep, and I'm not saying, guys, that we can, you know, for, for our families that are unsaved, I'm not saying to, you know, say that their sin's okay because we don't have to like what they're doing, but we do have to love that person. We do have to be there and, and care about them and show up when they're hurting and pray for them and, and be that one constant person that they have that is faithful, you know, because that that's what draws in. And God never gives up. 
You know, he ne- he never loses faith in us. I like to say God is my biggest cheerleader. And I like to see God. Miss P likes visuals, so I'll, I'll kind of give a little visual. I like to see God up in heaven just rooting me on. Desiree, you can do it. You can do this. You can do You got this. I believe in you. If anybody ever told me that I'd be standing up here doing this, I'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, you're crazy, you know. But because God believed in me and God's seen something in me, that's why I'm up here, you know. And God cheers us on. He's sitting there and he never gives up. And he's like, come on, just one more, one more step, one more step, one more step, you know. And, And that's an amazing thing. Um, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You know, sometimes we like to give up on people. You know, they're going through a rough time and, and they're going through a rough circumstance and, you know, they're just, it seems like it's going on forever and ever and ever and ever and we're like, Lord, when is it gonna stop? When is enough gonna be enough? You know, but we gotta keep enduring. We gotta keep going with it. We gotta keep holding on. You know, we gotta keep that Keep that with them and endure through all circumstances and not give up. Um, I was thinking this morning, my son turned nine today, and I woke up thinking about the love that God gives us for our children, you know, which, which is an amazing, amazing thing as parents, you know. And it's the same way with God. You know, God gave me this wonderful little boy, and I remember nine years ago, you know, um, having him and holding him for the first time and just being so overwhelmed with love and just so blessed that God gave me that gift. And as this little boy grew, grew up and, you know, as he's gotten bigger and I watched him take his first step and I sat there, you know, and he was kind of my third kid, so, you know, the first kid you, you're a little more protective about, but with my third kid, I would come to the church and have him in the backpack and have him, in, you know, in there. And I'd be cleaning and doing whatever, you know, and taking him with me. And and I was looking at him and just looking at his life and looking at the type of little boy that God's created and, and given me, you know. And what an honor that is. But God's love is also like a parent's love, you know. There's nothing that my child could ever do that could ever cause me to say, you're no longer my child. I don't want you anymore. Get out of here. You know, there's nothing any of my children could ever possibly do that say that, that I would ever be able to say that to them. You know, and that's the same way with us, with God. There's nothing we can do. So if we're going to have the God kind of love, then there should be nothing that people do that make us say, you know what, I'm done with you. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want you around anymore. Get out of here. You know, because God's love in us should shine. And God's love is not like human love. Human love is based on feelings and emotions, but God's love is based on action. And so in John 3.16, and we can go there because I want you guys to see it in your Bible. Hopefully most of you know it by heart. I know our children's church does. So if you don't know this by heart, I challenge you to know it by heart. Take a drink of water. Give you time to get there. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's a big thing, guys. And I think sometimes we take that, I don't want to say for granted, but maybe we just forget about what a big thing that is. You know, I'm a mom, and if I ever had to sacrifice my kid, that, that was, oh, oh, man. You know, I love my children so much. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it if Jesus told me to do it. But, man, I would, oh, that's a huge thing. You know, God gave his one and only son because he loved us so much. And he wanted to give us a second chance. He sacrificed what he had, you know, to give us something. And that's the way God's love works. And then if you go over to John 15, 13.
That says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for friends. This isn't asking you to go sacrifice your life, you know, and, and, you know, murder yourself for a friend or, you know. This is asking you to do a sacrifice. And we get so busy in life and we have so much going on, but sometimes we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to sacrifice the football game. We don't want to sacrifice the game that's on, you know, the baseball game that's on TV. We don't want to sacrifice our favorite, you know, Saturday night show. We don't want to sacrifice money, you know. Sometimes we'll do special offerings and we're like, well, I don't got the money to do that. I ain't putting into that. But sometimes we need to sacrifice and we need to find things that we can put and we're putting it before the Lord and giving it to the Lord. You know, there may be a friend that's in need and you need to sacrifice your night to go be with that friend and encourage them and love on them and care for them. Or maybe, you know, they just need you to watch their kids for a few hours or, you know, so that they could go take care of something. Or maybe they've never even, your friends have never even had like a date night. They're married and they've never even been able to be alone. Maybe you can sacrifice your time to take those kids and watch those kids so that they can, you know, you're sowing seed into that. You're sowing seed into that ground, the seed of love. You know, or or maybe, you know, maybe you need to sacrifice time to work at the church. Ouch. I'm a big Ministry of Helps person, guys. So when I say that, I mean that. Like, we should all be sacrificing time to come do something at the church and do work for God. The Bible says... Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. And when you sacrifice your time, God gives it back to you, you know. So if you're sacrificing that time, you know, to have, you know, for whatever reason it is, for whatever it is, and you stop and you're like, okay, God, I'm going to go take care of this business. Lord, but I was supposed to be, have, you know, spend family time with my kids, Lord. I thank you in the name of Jesus that I'm going to go see, sow this seed and you're going to redeem my time and you're going to give me that time back with my kids. He gives it back to you. But your heart has to be willing to sacrifice. Because if you're not willing, you know, there's no, there's no love there. If you're not willing to sacrifice. And that brings me to my next point. Without love, we have nothing at all. I mean, if you think about it, if without God's love, without that love in us, we don't have anything at all. That's one of our biggest tools as Christians, you know. For those of you guys that come and, and really listen to all the pastors here that preach and talk, they always give us a tool belt, you know, to use for weapons. And one of our biggest weapons against the devil is our love walk. Because when we love people, we're smacking that devil in the face. And boy, is he mad, because he really wants us to not like people. And, and, just this one's for free, the devil wants you to think that people are your problem. People aren't your problem. The enemy is your problem, and the enemy is the one using them to get at you. So when you use love to come back at these people, oh, you're like karate chopping the devil in half, and he's getting mad because you're using your weapons. To shut that devil up. So anyways, that wasn't in my notes. That's for free. Um, but 1 Corinthians 13. I noticed the Lord had me in 1 Corinthians a lot. Can I get a hoot or a holler or something? Y'all are too quiet for me. There we go. There we go. Just making sure I didn't put nobody to sleep. This says, are we there? Okay. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And we could be the richest person in the world. We could, you know, be the nicest person in the world. We can have every heart's desire that we want. But if we don't have love in our hearts, we have emptiness. There's nothing there. And how can we claim to be Christians if there's not love in our life? Pastors say all the time that we don't judge people, but we judge their fruits. Here's a question for you guys. Pastor Dave in the front row cannot answer this. What is one of the fruits of the Spirit? 
love. Okay? So if we don't have love, we don't have that fruit of the Spirit, and we don't have anything in us. You know? Love is important. We have to stop looking at others with our natural eyes, you know, and looking and seeing what we see with our natural. And we've got to dig into, Lord, what is it that you see in this person that I'm not seeing? And that's how you begin to love that person. That's how you begin to see that person in a whole different light. I work with stinkers all day long. All day long. One of my bosses is, he doesn't believe in the Lord at all. But he is drawn to me. And we can sit there and laugh, you know, for hours. And he always jokes with me, oh, you're going to go do one of your church things. Oh, that's just what you do. You just go to church. Um, and so I always joke with him. Well, the other day, um, we were talking and he was telling me, man, I almost died last night. I, you know, my motorcycle broke down and da 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 and I almost died. And man, I don't know what I would have done if I did die. And I told him, I said, do you know why you didn't die? And he goes, why? I said, because I've been praying for you. And because I pray for you, God spared your life. You were protected. And he kind of just looked at me. He goes, Hmm, and walked away. But I show this guy unconditional love all the time. He wants me to go on Starbucks runs for him. I'll go on Starbucks runs for him, get him food. I sit there and talk to him about his kids. That's the love of God. I don't judge him. I'm not looking at him and being like, you wretched sinner. You say you don't believe in Jesus. What's wrong with you? There's no judgmental spirit there. It's just let me be me and let the Lord shine through me and let that love come out. And that brings me to my next verse, I believe. Um, But the kind of attitude we have towards people, where are we at with that? Are we letting the emotions override us with how we're looking at people? You know, are we letting that fill us up? Or are we letting God's love lead us and guide us? You know, it's so easy to, guys, it's so easy to fall in the trap of so-and-so hurt my feelings. Man, I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe they would hurt me like that. I can't believe, I can't believe they would say that about me. I can't, they should know better. It's so easy to get wrapped up into our emotions. But guys, that's a trap from the enemy. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. You cannot let hatred in. You cannot let that bitterness in because they hurt you. You need to get down on your knees and you need to pray for them. You need to pray for them. And you need to pray blessings on their life. I'm not talking about a prayer that you sit there and say, Lord, Jesus said that you'd take get my enemies. Now just get them and you know, let the worst happen to them. And Lord, lose all their money and that everything. No. I'm talking about you need to get on your knees and you need to pray. Lord, bless them. Lord, send laborers into their life. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name, Father God, Lord, that you forgive them, that you help them, that you guide them, that you bring the perfect people into their Lord, I pray blessings upon their life. You know, sometimes we don't know what people are going through. We don't know what they've been through. We don't know what battles they're going through. We don't know if God's dealing with them something on the inside. We don't know. So if we're holding on to that as offense, not only are we hurting those people, but we're hurting ourselves. Because now we're hindering our blessings because bitterness came in. And that, oh my gosh, there comes that person and I just can't believe them. They're so fake up there worshiping Jesus. How dare them worship Jesus when they did this? Stop. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. You know, and so, anyways, that wasn't in my notes. Anyways, sorry. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not sorry. The Lord is is leading me, so I'm not sorry about that. Um, But don't let your emotions lead you. And then point number three, we must learn to apply God. Let me say that again. Sorry. We must learn to apply God's love in our daily lives. And so how do we do that? You know, well, again, the lovely B-I-B-L-E gives us instructions on how to do that. And we've got to do it daily, guys. We've got a, um, the tips that I'm going to give you. You want to, you want to exercise these daily. You want to look at people every day and look at yourself and examine yourself. So turn with me to John 
I'm not boring you guys, am I? Is the Lord helping you? I hope he's helping you. Because he helped me. And this one, um, John thirteen thirty five says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Guys, if we're acting like the world, ain't nobody going to know that we got Jesus in us. If we're sitting there and, you know, we're talking about people behind their backs and, you know, we're just being mean and and avoiding people and, and treating them the way the world treats them, how are they going to know that we got Jesus in us? How are we supposed to be that witness? How are we supposed to shine brighter, you know, than, than anything else? And so, pastors aren't here, but I'm, I'm going to talk about them for a second. Um, the way that I met them was super amazing, and, and we, me and Pastor, we joke about it all the time. But it's a real to me. It's 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 real. I worked at Pizza Palace, and um, I was kind of like a head waitress type of person, you know. So I would wait on whatever tables I wanted and, and the girls had to listen to me because I was a bully. And remember I told you guys I wasn't nice. So <laughs> I wasn't very nice when I worked at Pizza Palace with, with people. And, and Jenny could tell you that story because Jenny worked with me at Pizza Palace and, and she knows I, I wasn't very nice. Um, but pastors would come in all the time. They'd come in all the time. You know, sometimes they'd come in alone. Sometimes they'd come in with church people. Sometimes they would... And guys, I knew all the pastors in town, okay? And I was a sinner, mind you. I was a sinner. And I could care less about any other pastor that came in, you know, to Pizza Palace. I was running from them. I didn't want to be invited to their church. And I didn't care to be told that I was a sinner. Normally, when you're a sinner, you want to run away and hide. You know, you don't want to be exposed. So pastors would come in, and I would tell the people, you touch that table, and I'm going to hurt you. That table over there, that's my table. Don't look at them. Don't go over there. Let me, that's my table, okay? And so I would go over there, and pastors would always be, you know, just so bright and so, with such a big smile on their face and just so happy. And I don't know what it was about them, but I was just so drawn to them. I was just, it was just like, you know, seeing an angel with a halo. You know, they were just, Filled with just so much love, and they were the kindest people. And you know, they would always come up to me and be like, "Church service, you know, come to church." And I would just sit there and shake my hand, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one day I'll make it out there, you know. And I had never witnessed love like that before, because they weren't judgmental. They didn't come in, you know, and and sit there and be like, "We've asked you ten times to come to church, and you still haven't," you know, or or anything like. They were just so loving. And because of that love, that's why I'm here today. You know, that love drew me in. And one thing I could say about our pastors, because I've known them long enough, is they ain't fake. The way they are in here is the way they are out there. The way they are here is the way they are at the restaurants. The way they are here is the way they are when they go put gas in their car. You know, they're loving, caring people. And you can see that product in their children. You know, Josh is a very loving person. Pastor Dave is a very loving person. Maybe not to each other, but to everybody else. <laughs> you know? And um, Katie was another person, you know, Pastor Dave and Katie. You know, um, Katie is the most nicest person I've ever met in my life. She is just has the biggest heart. She's got a heart of gold. And if she could heal the world, Katie would go and she would just heal the world. You know, she just... She cares about people. She cares about your problems. She prays for you. You know, she'll she'll wake up at 3 in the morning and, and take a crisis phone call. You know, she will drop her life to come rescue you. You know, but those are seeds, guys, of the love of Jesus because they have the love of Jesus in them. And one of the greatest things about our church is, you know, it trickles down from leadership. And I hear people say this all the time. This church has that love. You know, we have such a love. I hear people say it all the time. When I come in here, I've never felt this before. Well, that's the love of Jesus. That's the way that it should be. And if we're that way here, we need to be that way out there. 
You know, God's called us to be disciples. It's not Pastor Dave's job to go out to, you know, every single part of town and just let his love just shine and him bring all the people in. No, we're supposed to bring people in. We're supposed to have those, um, that light shine. And like I told you guys before, the God kind of love, guys, it's not easy. It's not easy. People hurt us. Things hurt us. Life hurts us. Circumstances hurt us. You know, but we got to let that love of Jesus shine through us. One of the things I've learned that even though you're going through hard times, you still need to have that joy of the Lord and you still need to have the love of Jesus in your heart because that's going to get you through. That's going to help that mountain to move. That's going to help those circumstances to change. That's going to help God to be able to come to you and speak to you and give you answers that you've been crying out for because you're walking in that love. You know, we've got to meditate on the Word of God, and we've got to train ourselves how to walk in love. We've been talking a lot lately about our thoughts and how our thoughts can affect us because once they come out, they become sin if they're bad thoughts, you know? And so if you're thinking something bad about somebody and you let that garbage come out of you, that's not the love of God. You have to train yourself to say, Okay, I'm not going to say that. Just like Leanne was talking about earlier in testimony time. She had to sit there and train herself that every time a thought came, she was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not coming out of my mouth. You know, and you have to recognize when that's coming through. When you're starting to be judgmental against somebody and being like, who do they think they are showing up in church? I heard they just were at a party last night. What are they doing here? That's not for you to judge. That's between God and them. You know, we're here to love them, and if they need us to go correct them in love or, you know, they need some encouragement or or need iron to sharpen iron, we can do that. But we shouldn't have thoughts like that. Who do they think they are? You know, we've got to cast down that thought. We've got to train ourselves. Again, I've said it several times. We've got to train ourselves to see people the way God sees people because he doesn't see me the way you see me. He doesn't even see me the way I see me because we're the biggest haters on ourselves. You know, we're the biggest, we get in the mirror, especially as women. We get in the mirror and we're like, oh, there's a gray hair. I'm getting older. Oh, I'm getting a wrinkle. I'm ugly. Or, you know, we just, we do it to ourselves, you know. But we've got to train ourselves to see what God sees in us and to see what God sees in others. And then, this is the hard part, guys. Are you ready for this? We must daily self-evaluate our love levels. Daily. Not once a month. Not once a year. Daily. Check ourselves. With the verse that I gave you with 1 Corinthians 11, 31. I think it was 31 through 35. I think. Or, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. We've got to use that, and we've got to daily check ourselves. First Corinthians 11.31 says this. I'm getting there. Sorry. Now I'm the one. But if we examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. So the Bible asks us to judge ourselves, to examine ourselves. You know, where are you in your love walk? Be honest with yourself, because if you lie to yourself, you're only deceiving yourself and you're only hurting yourself, you know, and it's only between you and God. It's not like I have you have to come up here and be like, my love walk is bad. You know, you've got to do that between you and yourself. You don't have to come up and tell me where your love levels are. That's between you and God. But you need to stop. And check yourself. What are you thinking about people? What are you, when you look at people, what, what are, you, what are the thoughts that come in, into your head about people? How are you treating others? You know, are you being mean to others? Are, are you purposely ignoring their phone calls every time they call you? Are you not answering their text messages when they text you? You know? Every single day when you wake up, you need to open 1 Corinthians. 13, 4 through 7, and ask yourself, or I would do this at night, actually. Ask yourself, okay, here's this chapter. Where did I make it today? Which things did I actually do and which things did I not do? 
And then you need to take it to prayer where you missed it. And you need to ask the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I bring this before you. I missed it here. Lord, I'm struggling. I'm struggling at this point. I'm struggling at not throwing people's failures into their face. Or I'm struggling at not being kind. Help me, Jesus. Help me tomorrow to pick up and be better. Help me to, to realize what I did and, and, and to, to see it. And I'm telling you, when, when you go before the Lord and you start asking him to show you, he'll show you. Don't get mad when he does show you where, what you're, you're messing up on because he'll show you. Take that correction. Take that correction from him and fix it. And remember that God's put love in you. So you need to stop saying you can't love somebody because you can. And I'm going to I'm going to close with this thought. You know, the second you got saved, the second you asked Jesus to come into your life, that's when the love came into you and God put it in you. And so many times I hear people say, "I can't love that person." One of the biggest lies the devil ever told me, ever told me was that nobody could love me. That is a lie from the devil. Because you know what? Jesus loves me. God loves me. God created me. God made me. And so when you sit there and you deceive yourself and you tell yourself, I can't love that person. I can't. Well, God loved you. God cared enough to love you. Why can't you go out and love and walk in love? Why can't you go out there and be that light? You know, we've got to put ourselves aside and let Jesus work through us because we're to make disciples. And if we're going to make disciples, we got to get this love thing down. And again, I promise it's not easy. I haven't arrived yet, but I strive to arrive. And I strive to love people and to see something in them. So with that said, examine yourselves tonight as we close out in worship and song. And you don't have to come up to us and tell us and confess. This is something that's between you and the Lord. But where is your love level? Where is it at? And how can you make it get better? Because God wants you to walk in the love that he's given you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.